Greetings and welcome everybody to another episode of Make Disciple Makers, where we seek to teach and obey all Jesus hath commanded us. And uh, my name is Alec. Was that half or half? Half. half. I, went, I, I just wanted to James. clarify Ooh. for everyone. I went KJV on you. Wow. Mm, I know. Awesome. Uh, I'm Brooke. 16, I'm I'm Ryan. <laughs> Yes. 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 Well, uh, it's been a while since Hot we've minute. we've talked and seen everybody. Mm-hmm. Hi, look, check us out on YouTube. Um, and we wanted to talk about something that we are all very passionate about, and something that is always relevant and has been relevant throughout church history, uh, but is especially relevant to us in our church here at Champion Forest as we talk about worship. Uh, corporate worship, and then more specifically, our multi-generational worship that we have here on Sunday mornings. Um, And it's something that we um, have been talking about and and doing over the past, over a year now, um, as we've sort of made a shift in, in how we worship. So what we want to do is sort of lay the groundwork biblically about what worship is and why we do it. Um, you know, specifically, and then also talk about the kind of the benefits and, and uh, what we see long term mm-hmm. uh, as far as, as worship goes. So um, it's important. Before we start and kind of dig into the scripture, do you guys have any like just kind of groundwork, like things that you want to say right off the beginning? Or do you want to dive right into right into what the scriptures say? What do you mean by multi-gen worship? I know what you mean. Okay. But do you want to just, for everyone that doesn't? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess it would be helpful to uh, maybe just define both, like make the distinction between the mm-hmm. two. Multi-generational worship, by that we mean that there are multiple generations. <laughs> <laughs> well, multi-gen could have been multiple Jennifer. Yeah, you know, that's so true. It's like, uh, <laughs> g- yes, what we mean is generations. And... Um, I guess that would be opposed to worship that only contains one specific age group. A monogen, mm, yeah, perhaps. Mo- yeah, monogenerational. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, something As that it's commonly would, called <laughs> something that would only contain you know only students mm-hmm. or uh, you know only young adults or whatever. So we'll we'll talk about there's a we believe that there's a time and a place for for those yeah. uh, things to happen. They're good. Um, but it um, for the Sunday morning gathering, I think we are convinced that it is not best. Ryan, you have any thoughts? Just I think that this is going to be really good because um, I know that there's still a lot of questions out there, and we welcome those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and questions as far as why did we make the shift and what what was the reasons and mm-hmm. um, and so I just think this is is really good for us to. To sit down, talk about it, and then dive into scripture and to see what God's word says. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's do this. The the first thing that we believe is that worshiping together, corporate worship, and that would be the whole church gathering together um, to worship God, is one. It's biblical because God has commanded it. Yes. Uh, we see in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, the author says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, okay. not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, 
but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we see a couple things in here. We see really from the early church, from the get-go, there were already people skipping church. <laughs> sure <laughs> they, enough. They were not... They got called uh, out right here. Yeah, they were not um, They were not gathering together with with the body of believers. Mm-hmm. They, that's not what was, was happening. And so this what's happening. They're getting called out. And uh, we see that part of the, the purpose of gathering then is also to stir one another up to love and good works. So there's something that happens... When the people of God gather together, we know that we are indwelt by the Spirit of God. And so when we're around other believers, there mm-hmm. should be encouragement happening and um, spurring one another on to do mm-hmm. good deeds and good things, which makes a lot of sense. If you say, we're going to gather together on Sunday with the people of God, um, then we're going to kind of help each other and spur each other on to love and good works for the rest of the week when we're scattered then. So there's right. something important that's happening yeah. um, when the people of God gather together. Um, another scripture that I love it's, that, is, uh, that speaks right to this as well is Colossians 3.16. It says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now, this is interesting. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it seems like what is saying here is that um, we teach one another one of the ways that we let the word of Christ dwell in us and one of the ways that we teach one another is by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm. So, and I think this makes sense too. If we think about it, when we're gathered together with the people of God and we're singing songs, when we're able to gather around and when we see other people singing these words of praise to God, there's something that's happening mm. in our hearts and in our minds. When mm. I can look over and I can see, you know, this uh, elderly lady that has been following Jesus for twice as long as I've been mm. alive. Right. That's doing, that's teaching me something. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. discipling me to say, um, and it's encouraging me to say, look at this, like this lady uh, is a committed follower of Jesus, and I'm I'm being taught when that's happening. Yeah. Um, the last one, Brooke, why don't you read Ephesians 5, verses 19 through 21. Speaking of spiritual songs, uh-huh. uh, the second half of 18 says, But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's interesting in this passage, so in the Ephesians passage, you obviously see uh, there's a um, vertical element of worship. Everything Mm -hmm. we're singing to God the Father, Mm -hmm. we're praising God. But then in this Colossians passage and in the Ephesians passage, you also see a... Um, what is this one? Horizontal Uh element of worship as well. There's a one another aspect. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we can think of worship, I think wrong corporate worship wrongly as only being about me and God Mm. only like, you know, I want the lights to be real dark 
so I can get in my own personal bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really want to see anybody. I don't mm. want to hear anybody else singing, you know. Uh, when, like, I understand that, like, we kind of dig those vibes. But we need to understand that uh, worship is not about you. Mm. It's about God primarily, but also it's about the other people that we're gathered together with as well. Because mm-hmm. if that wasn't important, if we didn't have these scriptures, why don't you just stay home and, and right. turn on your favorite worship music and open up your Bible yourself? Now, we encourage you to do that throughout the week, every day. You, you can absolutely do that. But there's something special and unique that's happening when we gather together in worship. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Totally. What, what's, the, what's the beginning of that verse say? 19? Sure. 18? The be what filled you... with the Spirit? No, 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 no. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? Yes. So if I'm reading that, I'm thinking that we should walk around singing to each other like Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. And, and the, so, so what I'm asking is, what does that mean? And, and should I be... Britta would love this. She was in theater. Mm-hmm. You know, like, she would love if this is how life was. But what, is it, what does that mean, mm-hmm. singing to each other? Yeah. Does that mean more of like singing with each other in one accord, in one spirit? I think so. Um, I think it's like if you're um, obviously we're thinking about and I think this is talking about when the people are gathered together. And so we're obviously we are like there. Yeah, there's just a one another element to to our singing where, yeah, it's not like uh, like Ryan, you and I have this special song that you mm-hmm. and I are going to keep going back on, you know, back and forth Thinking on of like the beginning whatever. of Beauty and the Beast or something, yeah. where Belle's singing to everybody. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the town. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that that's, you know, that's what's going on. Although I do think, you know, this might be getting away from what we're talking about, but you do see in First Corinthians um, 14, somewhere along in there where, Paul's giving instructions and he says anybody can anybody can bring a you know bring a song or whatever. Their gatherings looked a little different. They were still gathering and it mm. was more like if you wanted to kind of start singing a hymn, you could you could do that. You just bust out in that through a well, certain open mic. Yeah, through a certain uh, there was still structure to the service, but when they gathered together, anybody could mm. because it looked more like you know if we were going to gather together and eat a meal around the table. You know, we could go around and if you wanted to, you know, read a scripture and you wanted to sing a certain hymn, we could do that. There, you know, yeah. so that that looked a little different. Now we're a little more structured and we, we've uh, kind of planned out what our service is going to look like, which is good and fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's that one another element of, of corporate worship as we as we gather together. So at our next lunch, it's cool if I bust out in song. Like, y'all have to let me do that, right? Sure, okay. yeah. Sweet. It has to be like spiritual a, a spiritual song. Right. Yeah. <laughs> something off Kanye's new album. Yeah, or something. yeah right. Okay, exactly. yeah. Something classic. Uh, that for works. Sure. Probably uh, what Anyways, back on track. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... What, let's, uh, let me ask you guys this. What are we missing? And I've already maybe hinted at it. What are we missing if we only ever worship together, gather together with people that um, are our own age or that largely look exactly like us or think, you know, just like us? What are we, what are we missing out on? If we only ever do that, heaven ain't gonna look like that. <laughs> I forget who said it or how they said it, so I won't try to quote anyone. Um, but 
it was something along the lines of, if you don't like worshiping with people that don't look like you and don't sound like you, don't dress mm. like you, et cetera, you're not going to like heaven very much. Right. right. And so, and what that comes back to is the fact that we all as believers in Christ are the body. Yes. Christ is the head of the church. Yes. And we are the body. And so, though there is nothing ev- like evil about having, you know, mm-hmm. just this age group worshiping together, there's nothing e- evil about that at all. But it's kind of like the illustration of, you know, if, if the all the believers in the church or the church is the body, you know, if you take off one limb and it's over there, that limb's not going to survive very long. And now the body is suffering because it doesn't have what it's supposed to have. And so God created all of us to be together, to be the body, so that we could um, function exactly the way he created it to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Say that exactly what it would mean, like uh, like in worship. Um, like, let's say that students are the arm. What, right. is, what does that mean? Like, what would that look like? So if it's like I took off the arm, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, no, yeah. I don't need that. And just threw it off, right? right? Like, a, like a boss. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, like the arm's not going to survive very long. Yeah. Now the body, you know, we could, you know, do maybe stuff. Maybe patch that up. Maybe yeah. a little tourniquet or something. Yeah. And the body can survive, but it's not going to thrive because uh-huh. it was created to have the two arms. Yeah. Right. If we're still running with the metaphor, and so th- that turns up ends up being worse for both. Right. The the arm dwindles away as it dies. Mm-hmm. Right. And the body suffers and it's not able to do what Christ or what he has created it to function yeah. and to be. Like to function at its fullest. You right. Know, yeah. it, might, it would be okay. Right. You know, it would be fine, but not not to the level that it's supposed to. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think in, uh, yeah, in that, just thinking about the different, yeah, gifts that everybody has to bring to the table and that we don't really have the option to be like, ah, I don't really want to, like, use that. But I think even in worship and thinking, just looking around the room and being able to see people that are 40 years older than Mm -hmm. you or 20 Mm -hmm. years younger or whatever, there's something really beautiful about that and just seeing, yeah, just image bearers of God gathered together for the sole purpose of worshiping Him. And so you miss out on that when you're just worshiping with people that look or are in the exact same life stage as you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, I I think that's that's so good. The you know the picture that we see at the end um, is in Revelation seven nine. John sees this. He says, "After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, in all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, and they're crying out." in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to mm-hmm. the Lamb. So the, the picture that we see is um, at the end of time that there's people from every tribe, nation, tongue, mm-hmm. land, you know, all, everybody is gathered around singing praise to God. That's, that's, what, that's where we're headed. That's what the end is going to be. And what we're doing every Sunday morning when the whole body of Christ gathers together in a local expression, our local church, when we gather... We're practicing this, mm. especially at Chamois Forest. You look around, you're going to see a lot of people that do not look like you. That that and that is a blessing yes. and a Absolutely. grace, a grace of God that He's allowed us to experience 
this sort of picture. Yeah. And I need that every Sunday. I yeah. need to gather and I need to be reminded that this life is not about me. Mm-hmm. All, like this is this this whole Christianity is, is bigger than me and God is doing something bigger than me. And I'm reminded of that when I gather with the people of God and we all sing the same song of praise at one time yeah. to God. And it's a reminder. It's discipling me. It's yeah. it's uh, renewing my mind every mm-hmm. time. Every yeah. time it happens. And if we, if for some reason we aren't doing that, um, we're missing out. And uh, you know, this is this is now more of an argument not to skip church than it is to <laughs> not have a segregated you know type of you know age group worship on Sunday morning. We need to be gathered together just because it's it's good and mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. Um, and it's helping us as we as we move forward. Um, yeah, so so we need it. the The last part that I think is important. Now we're sort of going to move away from kind of the biblical foundation. You know, I think we've laid that well. The other the other thing that we are passionate about um, is we want to see our students walk with Jesus for the rest of their lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. we want our our faith, the faith that we want to um, bring our students up in is a lifelong faith. And we already mentioned, you know, we talked about how seeing other people who are further along in the faith worshiping kind of helps us and spurs us on. That is an element. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reality is that worshiping all together in a multi-generational context helps us in that lifelong faith, in that lifelong discipleship. Um, And just what we've seen is when... Um, when we cater to a certain age group or when we cater to a certain demographic of people Mm -hmm. in worship, we pick these certain songs, we do this certain fill-in-the-blank length of sermon or whatever. Um, What happens is when they leave here, if you have to move or if a student goes off to college, um, they often are not able to connect with Mm. other churches because they've been so used to having things, you know, their own way and in the way that they think is best. Yeah. And so we're not doing anybody any favors when we're doing that. Um, what we, what we need is a, a lifelong, um, a faith that's, that's seeing all walks of life and, we want to provide our, our people with that. So it's incredibly important. So you're saying it could be that from the, from the age of zero, Mm -hmm. from birth to 18 years old, everything as far as your experience in church has been catered towards you. Mm -hmm. I think that's a product of the culture. Um, I don't think catering something to you or whatever is, is necessarily wrong within itself, but when we apply it, to God's ways and God's words, and then it it comes it bashes heads with it and comes up against it. Then we know okay that's wrong. Yeah. So at 18 years old, all you've known, you graduate high school, your entire life is everything is catered towards you, and then you have the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so you know people have left, and then they go out and they go wait a minute what are these other people that don't look like me? And, you know, what are they doing here? This isn't... And so then it becomes a consumer-based search for, well, what fits what fits my needs? And if it doesn't fit my exact specifications, then I'm going to keep church hopping. Right. Or I'm just going to keep bouncing around. Or 
I might give up on it all, all alone mm-hmm. or all yeah, altogether. Totally. So that's what you're saying as far as like us as, uh, you know, the staff as shepherds. It's a stewardship deal as far as are we setting our people up for the rest of their lives, you know, mm-hmm. for the 50, 60, 70 years they're going to have left in their mm-hmm. life, yeah. right? And so we have to look long-term, and that that's really hard to see in the short term. Um, yeah. But. And we've already talked about this, but the principle is, and this is hard for us because we're self-centered, fallen human creatures, but we have to continually remind ourselves that worship is not about us yeah. Prim- yeah. primarily. Primarily, worship is about God, and worship is about uh, other people. I mean, it, it's not about us primarily. Um, and though, I want to follow that up and say, I want you to enjoy worship. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Uh, but what that looks like is maybe not what you would expect. Yeah. I don't want you to enjoy worship because the lights are the way that you like it or the music is exactly the music that you would pick. Mm-hmm. I want you to enjoy it because you have the opportunity to gather with the people of God and to sing his praises and to hear his word read and preached and prayed and get to we get to see life change and experience life change through baptism and the Lord's Supper. I mean they're like that should be our, our source of enjoyment. Now that's hard for us. There are times, you know, I, I and we, the three of us are no, like, we're, we're not like further advanced in this. No. Like we all have our preferences and things that we would like as well. But every, every time we need to lay those down um, mm. as we gather with the people and, and sing the praises of God mm-hmm. um, and not focus primarily on our preferences and our needs being met um you know the i i can't remember who said this but i I know i shared it with you guys but um i heard somebody say that true saints are easily edified Mm. and what that means is if you are truly a follower of jesus and you're looking to praise you know your your focus is on god primarily it's not going to take much for you to really enjoy and be built up by worship Mm. Um, and I, and I've tried to keep that in mind as we, you know, as we lay down our preferences and, mm-hmm. and really try and, um, you know, glorify God through our worship. A real quick confession time on that. When I was a, a brand new believer, I remember being, uh, at church. It wasn't here. I remember being at a church and a song came on and I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and just, you know, pouting and just, you know, being immature and, uh, I remember looking to my right down, you know, a few seats down, there was an older lady, hands raised, oh yeah, sobbing, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. worshiping the Lord out of the bottom of her heart. Yeah. And I was so convicted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded, hey, this isn't about me. Mm-hmm. But even if it's not like, oh, oh, this isn't my favorite one, right? I'm not I can't just like click next, right? Or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Other, other listeners listen to this song. You know, I can't, <laughs> right? So it taught me, and I, well, I feel like the Lord showed me to look for the good in that song. Yeah. There's something about this song that my sister in Christ connects to. Yeah. And I need to, I need to look for what she's seeing right. instead of being mm-hmm. so closed-minded, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when I'm closed-minded, what am I, 
Like, what am I hindering myself from learning from the Lord of something he wants to show me that's outside of my comfort zone? Because that's when we grow the most anyways. I love that. She taught you something that day. She did. That's that Mm -hmm. one another aspect that we were talking about. That's a perfect example. Um, Last thing I want to say, we still love doing student-only worship. We do, we, do it every, we do it every Wednesday night, and we prepare messages specifically for middle school and high school students in mind. We do, you know, we're in a cooler room that is more student-oriented, and, you know, I mean, we, we still love it, and we still do it. Uh, but this primarily is about when the church gathers together yeah. um, on Sunday morning and... Serves we, together. And and... Yeah, exactly. When we gather together... Uh, there's something unique that's happening, and, yeah. and that's what we're about and want to see. Yeah. Amen. Good stuff. Any last comments that you guys want to make? No. No. Wonderful. This has been a really good conversation, as always. Yeah. We want to, um, you know, we want to equip our people, mm-hmm. and hopefully, this uh, conversation was encouraging and edifying to you as well as we continue to gather together and worship with the people of God. We love you guys and we'll see you next time. Bye. Adios.